Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This episode of Bend the Knee is brought to you by our bannermen, Lord Jason of House Ross, Sir Jimmy of House Nuts, Master of the Web, Lady Dawn of House Wright, Sir Chris of House Farber, Lady Tracy of House Fa, Sir Peter of House Whittingham, Sandy the Dragon, Blood of Queen Daenerys and Lady of Jameson, Lord John of House Fry, Lady Juliana of House Stradley, Sir David of House Fraser, Lady Liz of House Hendricks, Sir Matthew of House Perry, Lady Madeline of House Fritzel, Lady Adrian of House Dillard, Lady Ashley of House Gardner, Lady Lismalin of House Morales. This episode of Bend the Knee is protected by Sir Ryan of House Turbush, Lady Sarah the Unraveler. Our current champion is Lady Kira of House Arnold. Our current Master of Coin is Lord Jason of House Ross. Squire to Sir Matt, Lady Betsy of House Hudson. Hello and welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt, the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Ezra, the Watchful. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Today we are into Theon 4 of A Clash of Kings. Uh, and he's actually a kinslayer, my good friend. Is he? Is he Theon Turncloak, Theon Greyjoy, Theon Stark, or Theon Kinslayer? Or is he... A man known as Reek. Yeah, who is he? Man of many names. Um, not not many talents, though. Uh, at least mm-hmm. not until uh, not until later in the HBO show. Uh, <laughs> I'm that kidding. Is, that, I'm kidding. He's he's skilled, but you know, I mean, what's he good for? That is hey, that is true. As you know, it's fitting that on today today as we record, which is a big day for Ben the Knee. Um, monumental day uh, for us as thank you to everyone. Okay, we have mm-hmm. passed 1,000 subscribers on 1, YouTube. 000. It has been a journey. We appreciate it since we really started hammering YouTube. You know, we started, we said, let's dive into it a little bit like last February. Then we said, we're really going to dive into it around like August. And uh, thank you to everyone who has subscribed we appreciate it but so you know and on this day this big day for us it's a theon chapter which as as and i always say the gray joys you know just not not a huge fan not not a not a huge fan but then i noticed something and i said hold on a second i gotta do some research here and this chapter is huge okay monumentally huge huge. and it ties into stuff like the pink letter it ties into stuff that comes later yep who is the hooded man it's like wow this is like a clash of kings but guys (laughs) 
There is so much associated with this chapter because this is where a lot of it, this is where Theon's, to me, I mean, I know we said, oh, you know, like when he takes Winterfell and all, all this stuff, but this chapter right here mm-hmm. is where things, he makes he makes a decision that might literally be the decision that alters everything. Not him taking Winterfell, but what he decides mm-hmm. to do here. Um, huge, as It's huge. And he might not even know it, which ties into next week's chapter. And Theon's not even in it. Oh, right. Yeah, right. Actually, uh, and we're going to talk about that. So just so you guys know, there's going to be some connections across different chapters. And we've always said it's a reread podcast. We're going to we're going to be bouncing clear to the end of the series here on this one. This is unexpected for us. The, I'm sorry. This is not an unexpected podcast. Just to make Whoa. this clear. Although it kind of feels <laughs> like it. It, it kind does. of feels like it. <laughs> get Lane. Get because somebody call up Lane. Like, get Lane in here. Get him in here right now. Because honestly, mm-hmm. this is the kind of deep like uh like these layers, right? The, this this connection that we that you found that you were, you know, messaging me and some of the bannermen about and just saying, "Hey, uh there's there's more going on in this chapter than than really originally meets the eye." Mm-hmm. It is like a, it. I will say it's not like it's not like I it's not like I found something that nobody else has ever found, but well, it, I was is, gonna say that. There, yeah. it is a theory. It's not as we, yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not a theory that is like super big, right? It's not like an R plus L equals J theory, but it is something that's kind of cool and might explain a lot uh, about Theon. So, yeah. Um, I mean, as, I mean, there's not really a lot of news other than, you know, we already kind of gave it with us kind of passing a thousand subscribers. Yep. Yep. Um, I did d- do some deep diving, uh, and we will come back to this later, but, uh, uh, with house of the dragon stuff, we just know, Hey, it's coming next year. Uh, it's going to be awesome. Right. But there's a character in there, Corliss Valerion, who I was doing some, some reading on and, and stuff like that. And I was like, hold on. Wow, man. There's some big connections with him, uh, to, uh, some stuff that takes place in a shy. Absolutely. Yeah. Will we see a shy? In House of the Dragon. So that's kind of just some stuff to kind of think about. That's something we plan on coming back to um, at some point here. But as I say, we go ahead and dive right in. Let's do it. I'm down to dive right in because are you ready? There's a lot to talk about in this chapter. Let's do it, man. Absolutely. Okay. Here we go, guys. So uh, this week is Theon 4. So remember, just recap really quick. Theon has taken, he went back, right? He robbed, let's. Here's here. Let's just break down Theon, right? Yeah, yeah. Theon goes to Rob and says, "I think I can convince my dad to join us." He goes to Pike, Balin Greyjoy says, "I'm not joining Rob Stark, and yep. you need to prove yourself to me." So mm-hmm. Theon's caught up in a, you know, what? What do I do? Right? I mean, yeah. what do I? What do I do here? Gotta so pay the iron price. Yeah. Take he's he is now taken Winterfell. Um, so. Theon suddenly wakes up in Eddard Stark's uh, former bedroom with the girl Kyra sleeping next to him. He tries to call himself, but as he cannot remember dreaming, he cannot uh, put it down to a bad dream. He gets out of bed, opens the window, and looks outside, where all is quiet. He goes back to bed until uh, he realizes which sound is missing, the direwolves. He sends Urzan, who is guarding at his door, to check up on the direwolves who have been locked up in the godswood. Recalling the day the direwolves had torn the wildlings who had attacked Bran in the Wolfwood, um, 
the idea of direwolves running around makes him feel queasy. He wakes up Wex Pike, who is sleeping by the bed, uh, and sends him to check if Bran and Rickon are still in their beds. Wex returns with the news that the Stark boys are gone. As Theon finishes dressing, he tell um, Urzan returns to tell him that the wolves are gone as well. Theon gives orders to rouse the castle. As the order is being carried out, he wonders whether Stig has reached Deepwood Mott yet, uh, knowing that his sister Asha might be on her way to Winterfell by now. The people of Winterfell are gathered in the yard. Theon angrily thinks that he tried to treat them justly, but they have betrayed—they have repaid him with betrayal. Urzan and Black Lauren show Theon that Squint and Drennan, who have been guarding the Hunter's Gate, have been killed. He recognizes Squint's wounds as having been the work of direwolves. He surmises that Drennan has been killed by the woman and realizes she must have had help from someone who freed the wolves. He thinks to himself that he should uh, have killed the direwolves the day he took the castle. He decides to search for the wolves at daylight in the yard where Reek informs him that six people are missing. Bran, Rickon, Mira, Jojen, Hodor, and Osha. Learning Dancer is still in the stables, Theon realizes they escaped on foot, and they would be slowed down by the fact that Bran would be in the basker on Hodor's back and that Osha would need to carry Rickon. Theon confronts the people of Winterfell who do not answer his questions. Reek suggests skinning them, but Theon loudly declares that there will be no flaying in the north when he rules. Winterfell wow. hopes... Um, yeah. <laughs> Winterfell, okay. hoping some of the people of Winter of uh, some of the people of Winterfell uh, hope that he will understand that um, the only th- he is the only thing protecting them from people like Reek. Theon organizes a hunt on Bran and Rickon, ordering Maester Lewin to accompany them because he does not na- dare leave Lewin behind at the castle. Little Walter Frey asks to come uh, too, which Theon allows. They leave the castle with eleven men, two boys, and twelve dogs. Reek takes a boar spear with an overstuffed washerwoman sack with him, but Theon does not inquire as to its contents. They track uh, the tracks of the direwolves. Hodor and the two reeds are easily found as the dog finds the scent. They venture northwest into the heart of the wolf's wood. Theon considers they might be fleeing to Deepwood Mott, unaware that Asha will be occupying the castle. He bitterly thinks to himself he'd sooner see them all dead, believing is uh, it is better to be seen as cruel than foolish. Sir Lewin asks Theon to consider being merciful, not only to Bran and Rickon, but also to the Reeds, citing their value as hostages against Lord Howland Reed. Theon agrees to spare them all, including Hodor, if he can, but not Osha, who took an oath and broke it. They find the remains of a freshly killed elk, um, clearly killed by the wolves. Theon realizes that the animal has only been eaten uh, eaten by the wolves and that Osha has not even cut off a few steaks. He asks Farlan if the dogs could be tracking the wrong wolves, but Farlan denies that possibility. They continue, but the dogs lose the scent less than an hour later. As a muddy brook swollen by the uh, re- recent rains, they are unable to determine where the wolves left the stream. Wex alerts uh, them to the fact that they are only paw pr- there's only paw prints visible, but not prints of men, meaning the wolves entered the water alone. Theon is horrified at the discovery, realizing that Osha likely sent the wolves ahead um, on their own. He sends Garus, Mark, Agar, and four dogs to double back where they found uh, the 
the group and they must have parted from the wolves. While the others follow the dire wolves as they would not part from Bran and Rickon for long, he takes Wex, the Frey boy, um, and Gnar Rednose with him upstream. They search on both sides of the stream, but Theon feels forced to give up midday while they still have not found a sign of them. They reunite with Farland's search party, uh, which have traveled downstream, who bear the same bad news. Garrus, Murak, and Agar, having retraced their steps halfway to Winterfell, have not been able to find any sign of the Starks either. Theon does not dare to admit defeat and suggests returning to the brook again. Little Walder believes they are unable to find the Stark children because the reeds are with them, citing numerous superstitions on mud men. All men laugh at this notion until Lewin cites how history say the Chronic Men had once been close to the Children of the Forest, suggesting they might have secret knowledge. Regardless, they return to the stream and search for many a mile, but when the last daylight fades, they are forced to abandon the search. Reek approaches Theon, suggesting that the Starks have traveled northeast in the direction of the Umbers. However... Reek states the children would need shelter someplace closer by, and he might know where that is, mentioning at the old mill on Acorn Water. Although Theon questions why the Starks would have gone to hide there with so many other possibilities nearby, Reek insists on the location. He shows Theon the contents of his sack, and when Theon finds the wolf head's brooch, brooch, he realizes what Reek is implying. He orders all but Agar, Rednose, and Gelmar to return to Winterfell. Lewin asks him to remember the promise of mercy, but Theon replies that mercy was for this morning. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, we see this play out in, in, in the show, kind of similar. We know what this is ultimately going to lead to. Theon is going to take the two Miller's boys. He's going to pretend that they are Bran and Rickon, and he's going to burn them, right? That's where we're going. So um, a couple interesting things as in this chapter, just kind of immediate sort of takeaways for me. Um, I do like the idea, um, and this is sort of something that you we see in the show, and maybe this was even something they do, uh, and Gurr even, I've always, I always just kind of find that funny, when he's talking about Osha, right. and how he is also talking about how she's Trixie, just like his sister, and they even almost have the same name. Right. Because uh, it's yep. Asha. Right. And then the show, they change it to Yara, probably for that exact reason. And that it's it's too similar and they don't want they want it to be different. So fans don't get confused. Um, and so I've always just kind of wondered if that was just a reason Gerd did that. And he was just kind of like, oh, you know, maybe I should have changed that later. You know, like he wasn't. Yeah. Like, maybe that's just like maybe it's just something Gerd literally puts in there as a joke to himself. Right. As like, oh, you know, I should have should have picked up on that. Right. Is it like is it like revisions from, you know, what he didn't he wasn't able to finish in the books or he's, I don't know, some t some type of um, just a change. Yeah. That he wants to kind of make or something. Yeah. It's just kind of it's kind of interesting. Right. So, so that's yeah. So that's certainly interesting. Um, he does. Uh, I do like there. There's some parts where Lewin is talking again about mercy and stuff like that. And he's talking about Hodor um, and how, you know, how could you harm Hodor when, you know, Hodor's how many times is Hodor? you know, set up your horse for you. How many times has he right. done all of this stuff? I mean, he's no, he's, he's just as innocent as a child. Certainly you should kind of show Hodor mercy, um, which is, is good. And Lewin is trying to appeal, still appeal to his sense sort of as, as someone who grew up with them as sort of Theon Stark, almost if you, if, if, if you will, right. We see that in the show uh, when John kind of at the very end, um, 
kind of says, no, you're, you're, you're a Greyjoy and you're a Stark. You grew up with us. You are basically our brother. Um, and this will go into sort of the line of, of some people call him Theon Kinslayer because they, to yeah. everyone, they almost view it as he killed, even though he doesn't actually kill them, Brandon Ricken. And that's where this is ultimately going. Um, now, the other interesting thing here is that you have Reek, right? Air quote Reek. Um, that's suggesting this idea, uh, a sort of treachery and, and, and betrayal here. And we know who Reek will ultimately, t- you know, end up being and Ramsey. So that is interesting too, right? And so just kind of kind of playing this along. Um, and that should also maybe kind of show us that Theon doesn't know who Reek is, right? I mean, he doesn't know. I mean, it's because yeah. later we'll see we'll see that Ramsey Bolton doesn't know who Arya is. And it's like, well, clearly the Boltons of the Boltons, even though they're in the north, never go to visit the Starks. They do their own thing. Right. Yeah, because he was up there quite quite a bit. And I, you know, I know the um, well, that Ramsey, right, is not some not someone that that Roos maybe is parading around and it's just sort of rumored. Exactly. And he's been he's not even always at the Dread Fort, but he, he's moving around. But still, you would think. You would think maybe that they come across him once or once once in a while, but I don't know. I mean, it's kind of interesting when Bran is seeing the banners being called and they're coming in. Um, yeah, you realize how little they do see each other, and they don't really travel much. And uh, the land around your keep is where your it's your harvest, your weeds coming in, your crops, all that kind of stuff. Um, right around that uh, local area, so you don't really need to go a lot of you know travel across different you know, regions, I guess. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah, I don't know. This chapter, so, I, me, uh, so any, any other bit, any yeah. other, yeah, go ahead. Any other big takeaways? As well yeah. Gonna ask. Yeah. Big takeaways, I guess. Yeah. From, from this chapter. So it, it, it to me is, um, uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, well, I mean, good, good on Mira and, uh, you know, Jojen. I mean, the whole, them trying to, track them down the whole where are they have have they left have they fled all that, that that whole thing i mean clearly this is this is this is cool that they that they do get away and because the big prize here is to have bran right i mean if you're able to keep bran and you have the prince you've got a hostage that matters uh when you lose both bran and rickon that's a big deal that's that's a big deal and the, the only way to cover that is to kill the miller's sons you know, and, and just to make that seem like, well, you know, uh, I, I don't want to lose face here or whatever. Um, I think he's also hoping for a quick kind of, yeah, people would just submit to me under my rule because there are no Starks here and the other Starks are in peril uh, or possibly dead, whether it be the girls in King's Landing uh, or Rob in his war. And he's sort of that only, you know, hope. That's just kind of my my thought, I guess. Like he's he's wanting to ensure that people swiftly turn to him, and then maybe it's it's something he can let his father know because he wants this move to look good, right? He wants it to be like give me the respect that I'm due. Um, no, like he didn't think the command that he was given by his father, uh, Balon was was very was very good, and he took matters into his own hands. But now uh, he's things are starting to kind of fall apart. And uh, he's bit off a little bit more than he can actually chew. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, a, a couple other things here just with with this chapter before, because we got a big 
big kind of theory to dive in. Um, you know, it's kind of like Theon's like kind of almost out of touch, right? In in kind of what's going on here, and I you could almost say he's got some some split going on because he's lived in Winterfell, he's staying in Ned's chamber, so in some sense he's trying to be. He does some things, right? Because we we see at first um, he's having some Ironborn men whipped, right? Um, because they were raping a girl after they conquer the the castle, right. um, and so that doesn't go over well with the Ironborn because it's the Iron Price, you know, take what you want. Um, but in a way, he's kind of distancing himself from them, and then he's trying, in a way, I guess you could almost act to be like Ned, right? By saying, oh, this is the just thing to do. But at the same time, he's like hooking up with some random common <laughs> girl in Ned's room, which is like, you know, not like something he, he would do. Then he sort of thinks that he's like their savior, right? Like he's like, I'm the only thing that's stopping them, even though they're his, his captives. And so it's just it's just so interesting to see Theon in this sort of struggle. And that is something you kind of get in this chapter, just looking at his kind of internal dialogue and trying to say, you know, what is actually going on here? And what exactly is Theon sort of thinking? What is his mindset in this chapter? Yeah. Uh, and it, it's I he's he's desperate, kind over, of, right? I mean, he's, he's over his head, man. I mean, it's he's yeah. A, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, it's it's almost like he just in a rush, things are getting out of control. Things happen really fast for him. You know, just thinking that he's going, he, he goes from thinking he's Rob's man uh, and bringing his father, doing something great, helping out the North, um, allying his house with, with House Stark to saying, that's not the way, uh, you, you, you've lost the way, to then trying to gain some type of approval from someone, you know? Um, I, you know, in the, I don't, I think it was in the show and in the book, I think, but like when Theon saves Bran, he doesn't even really get the praise that he thinks he deserves. You know, when, um, like I was, it was in Game of Thrones. From the and, and it's almost like, yeah, it's like what he, he never seems to up to this point have gotten any real, like a, like a, like a true sense of belonging. Like he doesn't really belong anywhere. Right. Uh, his own with his own father, with his uh, being a ward and his adopted brothers, if you will, being the Starks. Um, yeah, it's just like, would Rob have reacted that way had it have been Jon Snow who shot a wildling and almost hit Bran? You know what I mean? It's just like they think he doesn't he doesn't care as much, and and clearly you you can see that. I mean, yeah, I guess it does matter. I mean, he was not um, it's not his trueborn home. Uh, there at Winterfell. So I just, I guess I say all that just to kind of say it's the, the pace of his arc and his fall is just, it happens fast. I mean, there's really not a lot of Theon chapters, but every single one of them just takes him like leaps and bounds to new areas where, uh, like further and further away from this, you know, Game of Thrones character who we knew who was, you know, right in there with, with Rob Stark and, and fighting with him, fighting alongside him. And now he's going to go, and he's a good fighter. I said at the beginning of the show, like, okay, maybe he's, what does he really bring to the table? But he's actually he's actually pretty good. Um, but, right. I mean, and yeah. I mean, we don't know if this will be, still be the case. But in season eight, I mean, before before he dies, I mean, he's leveling whites left and right. I mean, again, he's still he's trained by a, you know by a man at arms at a castle, 
uh, he's he's going to have way more skill than anybody else. I mean, does, I mean, John is like exceptional, and that John is also trained by you know a man at arms, but it's not like he's a farmer or something. I mean, so Theon's going to be well up there. So who do you think has? I mean, who do you think has it tougher growing up? I mean, we don't really see it, but do you think Theon or John? Because in in some ways their upbringing is similar. They're both not really considered. Um, hmm. To be, you know, I mean, obviously Theon isn't Theon isn't isn't blood, but Catelyn's probably more favorable towards Theon than she is John. I mean, but John is actually Rob's, you know, they believe we don't still, you know, whatever his brother. Mm-hmm. So in some cases, it's probably better to be Theon and in other cases it's better to be John. So I mean that that's it's kind of similar in in some in some ways. Yeah, I think it's uh at least the way it's presented is that being a being bastard born is almost worse because you can actually make an interesting uh comparison between Edric Storm who was bastard born but to a noble, a known noble, n- n- noble and it be I mean treated well, respected um, still kind of like held in higher esteem, but when it comes to John, uh, well, one, they're way up in the north, and you know, you're not traveling to as many, you know, like court, if you will, like a southern court or something. And he is, he's kind of, he's, he's not even up at the main table. He's in with the commoners and things like that. So I say, for the most part, he he probably has it worse. But then again, I don't know because Theon's is pretty bad, right? I mean, like to be, you know. He never gets to right, see his he's family. He's taken away completely. He's a prisoner. He's actually a prisoner. Right. I mean, I mean at least I mean, we, John we is able it. to see the to see, you know, his air quote dad and brothers. Yeah. I mean, obviously Catelyn hates him and has hated him since child, since he's been, you know, since he was brought there literally as a baby. Um but Theon, you know, Theon's just you're really kind of a prisoner. And yeah. so it's, yeah. uh, it's it's bad for both, but it is. I mean, it is in some. In, they do share some some similarities, and then just kind of interesting to think about um, yeah. their thing. So, uh, one more thing here. So, um, the brooch, right? The brooch, right? Was Ramsey slash Reek? I mean, clearly, I mean, he had it, right? He has it in that knapsack. Mm-hmm. So this seems like it was his plan. Mhm. Yep. Yeah, did he plan this out? Yeah, okay. Mhm. Yeah, what what all does he know here? Yeah. <laughs> that's Yeah. Yeah, I mean, or does he just okay, yeah, I mean cuz go back, let's see here. Um yeah, cuz he has it, right? Because it's the sack. Yep. Right. I mean because he he doesn't know he doesn't know what's in the he doesn't know what's in the thing. Um, but then, and then, Re- and then we know that Reek has that sack, and Re- and Re- um, Theon doesn't know what's in it. But then, when they kind of get to the mill, he kind of does have it, and he he has it. So he would have already had to have had that. So maybe that was kind of his plan along. Is maybe we could just find two kids, and if we burn them, nobody will know the difference. Now that I think should be you can explore a little more into. Is it just an easy thing? Or does Ramsay think I might be able to turn the people of Winterfell against them and it'll make it easier for me when mm-hmm. I try to come in and, and take Winterfell back? Yeah. And my yeah, dad. I mean, 
Yeah, he says, I mean, like earlier, it says that Reek, you know, takes that boar spear and the overstuffed um, washerwoman's sack. Um, yeah. And, and at that time, Theon is not inquiring as to what's in it or why it's being taken. He's just sort of in a hustle to kind of get everybody ready to go and, and, and track Brandon Rick on. So, yeah. It just shows you, like, how, I guess, you know, I mean, how, how cunning uh, or how... I don't know that that Ramsey is so okay. uh yeah deceit let's dive into the let's dive into the the big thing here so uh, I'm going to read from the chapter here uh and this is going to tie into a bigger theory about those Miller's boys as and this will turn into the question is Theon actually a true kinslayer mm-hmm. so from theon uh, 4 chapter 50 clash of kings theon could taste bile in the back of his throat and his stomach was a nest of snakes twining and snapping at each other if he crept back to winterfell empty-handed he might as well dress in motley henceforth and wear a pointed hat the whole no- north would know him for a fool and when my father hears and asha my lord prince Reek urged his horse near. Might be them Starks never came this way. If I was them, I would have gone north and east, maybe, to the Umbers. Good Stark men they are, but their lands are a long way. The boys will shelter someplace near. Might be I know where. Theon looked at him suspiciously. Tell me. You know that old mill sitting lonely on the acorn water? We stopped there when I was being dragged to Winterfell, a captive. The miller's wife sold us hay for our horses while that old knight clucked over her brats. Might be the Starks are hiding there. Theon knew the mill. He had even tumbled the miller's wife a time or two. There was nothing special about it or her. Why there? There are a dozen villages and holdfasts just as close. Amusement shown in those pale eyes. Why? Now that's past knowing. But they're there. I have a feeling. Um, and it kind of goes into it kind of it kind of goes into a theory because we know what happens ultimately that the Miller's kids are ultimately end up used as stand-ins for Rickon and Bran, and they're burned. But the question becomes: Is Theon actually a kinslayer? And are could those theoretically be? Theon's kids, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's no timeline given on exactly when he did this, um, but it is kind of interesting. Theon's around 22 years old, so Bran being um, Bran is seven, Rickon is four. That doesn't mean that the the kids they get have to be seven and four. They just have to be roughly the same age. So it could be six and three, or you know whatever, or a taller three sure. and four. You know, it doesn't matter. But it could work, you know, that 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 time, if they're the same age, would roughly work. Now, where it gets a little interesting um, is a few other chapters, and I'll, I'll read from here. Um, so, actually, our next chapter, um, chapter 51, the direct next chapter, is when um, Ygritte is telling John the story of Bale the Bard. And in it, she mentions something. So Ygritte is telling John the story of Bale the Bard, but she ends with, 
Um, so it, it ends with, Bale had brought her back. No, they had been in Winterfell all the time. Hiding with the dead beneath the castle, the maid loved Bale so she clearly, so dearly she bore him a son, the song says. Though if truth be told, all the maids loved Bale and in them uh, songs he wrote. But that as it may, what's certain is that Bale left the child in payment for the rose he'd plucked unasked, and that the boy grew to be the next Lord Stark. So there it is. You have Bale's blood in you, same as me. It never happened, John said. She shrugged. Maybe it did, maybe it didn't. It's a good song, though. My mother used to sing it to me. She was a woman, too, Jon Snow, like yours. She rubbed her throat um, where his dirk had cut her. The song ends when they find the babe, but there is a darker end of the story. Thirty years later, when Bale was king beyond the wall and led the free folk south, it was young Lord Stark who had met him at the Frozen Ford and killed him. For Bale would not harm his own son, and when they met sword to sword, so the son slew the father instead, said John. Aye, she said, but the gods hate kinslayers, even when they kill unknowing. So... Mm -hmm. Let's say that Theon doesn't even believe that these Miller kids are his or even put two and two together. It would explain a lot about what's about to happen to Theon in that if he does, in theory, end up killing these Miller boys who could be his own. Well, man, I mean, the gods obviously don't like Kinslayers, even if you don't know it. Theon might yep. actually kill these kids, which could be his. Um, he's actually even accused of being an actual kinslayer uh, a few times. So in Theon, um, uh, in Theon, um, this is the this is toward this is uh, a dance of dragons, right? This is when Theon mm -hmm. is um, like a ghost in Winterfell and the hooded man and and, and stuff like that. Uh, so. Um, not us, Rowan grabbed him by the throat and shoved him back against the barracks wall, her face an inch from his. Say it again and I will rip your lying tongue out, Kinslayer. He smiled through his broken teeth. You won't. You won't. You, you need my tongue to get you past the guards. You need my lies. Rowan spat in his face. Then she let go and wiped her glove, um, gloved hand on her legs as if touching him had soiled her. Theon knew he should not goad her. In her own way, she was. Uh, this one was as dangerous as Skinner or Damon Dance for me. But he was cold and tired. His head was pounding. He had not slept in days. I have done terrible things. Betrayed my own. Turned my cloak. Ordered the dead of men. The death of men who trusted me. But I am no kinslayer. Stark boys were never brothers to you. I we know that was true. But it was not what Theon had meant. They were not my blood, but even so, I never harmed them. They, uh, the two we killed were just some Miller's sons. Theon did not want to think about their mother. He had known the Miller's wife for years, had uh, even bedded her. Um, you know, then he goes on to talk, uh, describe her a little bit. Joys that I will never taste again. But there was no use in telling Rowan any of that. She would never believe his denials. Um, there is blood on my hands, but not the blood of brothers. And I have been punished. And Rowan responds, not enough. Um, so then continue wow. a little bit continuing a little <laughs> bit further here, right? Um, so this is uh, chapter 46, A Ghost in Winterfell. So this is when I believe he sees the um, uh, this is when he, I believe he sees the, the, the ghost, the hooded man, right? 
Further on, he came upon mm-hmm. a man striding in the opposite direction, a hooded cloak flapping behind him. When they found themselves face to face, their eyes met briefly. A man put a hand on his dagger. Theon. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know. It. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. Turn cloak, Theon Kinslayer. I'm not. I never. I-, I was ironborn. False is all you were. How is it you still breathe? The gods are not done with me, Theon answered, wondering if this could be the killer, the Nightwalker who had stuffed Yellow Dick's cock into his mouth and pushed uh, Roger Wisewell's groom off the battlements. Oddly, uh, he was not afraid. He pulled the glove from his left hand. Lord Ramsay is not done with me. The man looked and laughed. I leave you to him then. Um, and then another chapter, which again is also just kind of interesting. And this is from chapter 32, uh, Dance of Dragons. This is another Reek chapter um, in which Roose Bolton is telling him about how he came across Ramsay Bolton. And how he, mm-hmm. Ramsey, became his son. He said, he's my bastard. Ever told you how I got him? That he did know to his relief. Yes, my lord. You met his mother while us out riding and you were smitten by her beauty. Smitten, Bolton laughed. Did he use that word? Why, the boy has a singer's soul, though if you believe that song, you may well be dimmer than the first reek. Even uh, the riding part is wrong. I was hunting a fox along the weeping water when I chanced upon a mill and saw a young woman washing clothes in the stream. The old miller had gotten himself a new young wife, a girl not half his age. She was a tall, willowy creature, very healthy-looking, long legs, uh, small, firm breasts like two ripe plums, pretty in a common sort of way. The moment I set eyes on her, I wanted her. Such was my due. The maesters will tell you that King Jaehaerys abolished the Lord's right to the first night to appease his shrewish queen. But where old gods rule, old customs linger. The umbers kept the first night too, deny it as they may. Uh, certain of the mountain clans as well, and on Skagos. Well, only heart trees ever see half of what they do on Skagos. The miller's marriage had been performed without my leave or knowledge. The man had cheated me, so I had him hanged and claimed my rights beneath the tree where he was swaying. If truth be told, the wrench was hardly worth the rope. The fox escaped as well, and on our way back to the dread fort, my favorite courser uh, came up lame. So all in all, it was a dismal day. A year later, uh, the same wrench had the impudence to turn up at the dread fort with a squalling red-faced monster she claimed was my own get. I should have had the mother whipped and thrown... And I should have had the mother whipped and thrown her child down a well. But the babe did have my eyes, which ties into a total another theory. Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Go check out Bolton theory uh, for that. She told me um, what her dead husband's brother saw in those eyes. He beat her bloody and drove her from the mill. That annoyed me, so I gave her the mill and had her brother's tongue cut out to make certain he did not go running to Winterfell with tales to disturb Lord Rickard. Each year, I sent the woman some piglets and chickens and a bag of uh, stars on the understanding she was never to tell the boy who had fathered him. A peaceful land, a quiet people. uh, That has always been my rule. A fine rule, my lord. Um, And so then he goes on to talk about should he rule the north. But again, it's another instance in which you have somebody who is higher than a commoner getting with a miller's wife. 
right? And it causes obviously some 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 bad scenarios that are created, and he's telling it specifically to Theon, who also whole story arc may stem from unknown kings kinslaying. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. it's not like he hasn't made bad decisions up to this point, but I mean, there's a different, I mean, there's, I mean, like Rob messes up and Rob is killed. Theon messes up and he is tortured beyond, I mean, like, I mean, we're talking like severe tortured to where you mm-hmm. almost mm-hmm. have like a split personality. I mean, it, what happens to Theon is like probably, I it, he would, most would probably say worse than death. Um, so that could be his punishment. For kinslang, which, as Rowan says, you know, you've been punished, but not enough. And so it's just interesting that it's it's a similar scenario that Gurr ties in here that's specifically told to him. Um, there's other moments where he thinks about the Miller's wife, uh, and he thinks about like you know he he doesn't want to think about some of the things that have happened. Um, he you know is it because he's beginning to put two and two together? Obviously, there's theories surrounding the hooded man. Is it an actual person? Some people think it's Theon. Some people think that that hooded figure mm-hmm. is an, is is part of Theon's imagination, right. um, and then the kinslaying. Um, a lot of people can view it as is he a kinslayer in the idea that he thinks of himself somewhat as a Stark, um, mm-hmm. and or is it because or is it because you know on to some level he may have actually killed his own children. Yeah, I mean, that that leave it right there. That's that's it right there. I mean, he <laughs> everything bad that happens to Theon from from that moment forward. I mean, you look at it like his arc is is. I mean, uh, it's I don't know. It's it's normal. It's regular. It's whatever. He's back with his father, trying to do great things. Um, yes, he loses the Stark boys, but just going back and then retreating. I mean, things could have gone so differently, but the gods literally curse him. For killing his own sons. You know, the other thing that's interesting, and you brought this up uh, before we started recording today, that George um, uses the proximity of those two chapters back to back, the John chapter, uh, where the story of Bale the Bard happens, and uh, that line that even if you even if you kin slay uh, unknowingly, that is followed up by the chapter where in which the kin slaying happens unknowingly. You know, like he puts them back to back, chapter fifty, right, and then chapter fifty one. Is that is that was that is that right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, he has. Yeah, he hasn't. He hasn't killed the boys yet. Um, yeah. but it's it's leading. It's building up, and we're gonna see it in the next Theon chapter. Right, and the thoughts are there though, right? The thoughts about the um, yes, the Miller's wife and things yes. like that. Okay, so then in the next one, yeah, still, I think that's convincing though that you have chapters that close. You know, that are two different parts of two different points of view where they're both talking about kinslaying. Not that it doesn't happen a lot. It does happen a lot in the series. But I just kind of thought um, interesting that we have a character who the whole setup is there then, you know, and then the next chapter we're being told that it can happen. And even if you didn't know that, it, why add that little detail? Right. Why add that that extra little detail in the Bale the Bard st- uh, story? It makes it's great for that story. Um, but then to see the subtlety and how it connects to Theon is, I think, unreal. And then to think that, like, the suggestion to kill comes from, I mean, what's implied in the sack in, the, in this most recent chapter with Reek is uh, to kill those boys and to make it seem as if they are the Stark boys. That comes from yes. him. And he was, as you just read, supposed to be a miller. 
he was going to be like like that like like it was it was his mother according to Roos who set him up that um you know saying that you're entitled to more you know and that that you that you that you could be a ruler really he's supposed to be just a like just a miller and then he's the one you know behind the idea of all of this i that's that's wild i think that's wild and i think there's there's too much going on there you know why use a miller again right why why kind of keep that uh, you could have you, you you could have put you know like like a, a, a blacksmith. You could have done. Um, I'm trying to think different other occupations or whatever. But instead, just yeah. stable master and and in right. So, so why go with um, why go with a Miller again? It's to drive in that that connection, which is cool. I think other people, like you said, um, have talked about this, and it's it's um, it's just I kind of want to know. Stamp. I mean, is it is it true? Why call him a kinslayer over and over again? You know, I get the whole thing is that like, well, you you killed the Stark boys. Uh, where you know the truth and whether or not they're alive, um, were they actually your blood? Does that make you a kinslayer? All of that is the reason why on on the surface you would call him a kinslayer, right? Um, because Brandon Rickon, but right. truly he actually is one. Might be, yeah, exactly. Well, well, I'm, say, I'm saying is is you know? right. Well, you know, it's all, it's also interesting because you look at other characters um, who, you know, it's like how on one level do you have Theon Kinslayer as with the Starks, right? Like a piece of his identity, but it's not actually his kin. Then you have somebody like Tyrion, who, unless you're a Tyrion Targaryen person, um, you know. Uh, Tyrion is actually a kinslayer. I mean, he he kills he kills his dad, uh, and we see his story from there, right? I mean, it's like spiraling out of control. Um, and then you have somebody like John, whose whole story is well, John believes he's a Stark. Well, and then will later to be you know revealed to be a Targaryen. And so it's like on one hand you have this whole it's all about identity. Um, and who you are actually with John, it seems like it's going to be his sort of, um, thing. And then to then kind of have it just be, no, it's really your identity with Theon is like contradictory, right? I mean, mm -hmm. unless Gur is like, well, for this character, it's this important in this character, but it's all in one story. And it seems like in a story where you already have, um, so many confirmed people to secretly be somebody else, and it's all about who they secretly are and why that's important, um, as well as all the theorized people uh, who are actually somebody, you know, and 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 what that means. To then have it be with Theon, Theon Kinslayer, and how he views himself with his kind of adopted family, but it's not actually his kin. It just seems kind of contradictory, right? To right, right to itself. Mm hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. Well, like what's, what's the purpose behind it? Yeah. You, you know, one thing I was just, I was just thinking, this is kind of an oddball, uh, thought here, but the, uh, with the whole Roos finding, you know, <laughs> like, like being interested in a Miller and then Theon's interested, uh, in, in the Miller's wife. Uh, it makes you wonder, you know, like, like the last name Miller, right? I mean, are these Millers related? Like it, like, like right. somehow like is what would Ramsey, would Ramsey be somehow Distantly related, you know, to, to related, this, related. I, yeah. Look at the timeline on it. First of all, what's I going think. on with these Miller's wives, man? I mean, it's just 
Yeah. Poor I, Miller's wives, man. I mean, you know, it's all these all these high lords just come I, in and just. I don't want to be a Miller. Want. I, I mean, don't want to be a Miller. I'll just be honest with you. I mean, uh, you do not. Yeah, that 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 is wild. Um, yeah, there's just there's too many connections there. I think it does, you know, set this up for Theon to be uh, that character that's going to be redeemed. And I I do like that you pointed out the whole idea that uh, the gods are not done with Theon because what we kind of see in the show is that he gets his name back and um, really that he will kind of fight and champion, if you will, and defend a Werewood and defend Bran, you know, in, in the final, you know, season. How accurate right. that is or whether that's true right. or not, and it's just I, interesting to see that that could be a possible comeback for him because he's gone, you know, far from, yeah, he's, right. he's not even the same. I mean, at the, right, I mean, Right, and I and I know it's that that specific episode, right? Season eight, episode three, the big battle at Winterfell. Um, just assuming, let's say anything goes to that, you know, at all uh, resembles that at all. I mean, Theon does essentially. He is he saves Bran, right? I mean, the yeah. Night King is walking in, uh, assuming that it, again, this is total show could happen similarly in the books. We don't know, but. Um, he saves Bran in Winterfell. I mean, he, he holds, even if he just goes and dies, he holds him off for just a second enough. You know, then you have John staring down ice Viserion, um, so that Arya can rush in and literally kill the Night King the, the second before he's about to kill Bran. Mm-hmm. I mean, part of that sacrifice of Theon there is he held, he held all those whites off and then he did sort of hold off um the night king just long enough mm-hmm. so that Arya could come in and 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 save bran um so i mean could something similar happen in the books uh yes i do think that theon's end i do think he will have redemption um in in the end because theon is in a way is similar to jamie um in that jamie starts out kind of bad and th- it's like they're kind of like the opposite Theon, we think, kind of starts out good. Okay, he's kind of a jerk. And then he does something awful. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, God. And then he's like, then he's like, you know, obviously turned into Reek. And you're like, oh, my Mm -hmm. God, man. Uh, And then you're kind of rooting for him because he starts to make good decisions. We're escaping with Arya, Jane, you know, Jane Jane Poole, um, or even Sansa in in the show. Um, And... You know, then who I don't I don't I don't know that he's gonna go down this whole route like we saw in the show of him like challenging Euron and stuff like that because Euron's such a different mm-hmm. character in the books. Um, but I do think that his arc will end um, with him doing something valiant for House yeah. Stark, whether he dies or 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 lives. Um, I, I do think the idea, like, I think the show got the idea of how his end will be. I do think he will do something valiant. I, he probably is going to die. If I mean, of all, of all the kind of book characters who are like, who's going to make it, who's not, I think Theon is yeah. probably a goner, but in an epic um, way. Yeah. But, uh, but in, in an epic, in an epic way, which is kind of the opposite of Jamie where Jamie starts out bad, um, and actually, the 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 book version of Jamie is even so much more bad because you don't get scenes like you get in the the season one of Game of Thrones. They add in that 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 scene that doesn't take place where he's talking to Ned um, about watching his dad, 
mm-hmm. and brother burn, and then Ned kind of tells him off. Um, you don't get any of that. You just get everything told third person about Jamie. So then when you finally get the first Jamie chapter and you see something, he gets his hand cut off, you start to come around to Jamie. But then in the show, we see he kind of goes back to Cersei. That could happen mm-hmm. in the books. And so they're kind of, in a way, they're kind of mm-hmm. paralleled. Yeah, yeah I, I, I hate to... Uh... Wow, you said so much there. So one thing that you said that I just have to kind of comment on, you're talking about uh, Theon versus Euron and how, yeah, maybe not, right? Maybe that's yeah. not how it's going to go. It doesn't seem like it. Yeah. But, that... but then, but hold on. Just just hold on for a second. I just had this thought. You know, like, like images just pop in your mind as, as you hear somebody talking about something. I pictured, <laughs> I pictured Theon. Who's got like, you know, he's got missing whatever and he's got his hairs falling out. He's why he's just just looks wrecked. You know what I mean? But he's empowered by the old gods. <laughs> and he's just, yeah. you know what I mean? He's just, not the drowned gods. Not, not, but, but although, although like whether it's whatever gods it may be, leave it kind of ambiguous, whatever it is. I mean, he is... I don't know. I feel like he kind of goes through, especially with his name. Interestingly, that he what's what's dead may never uh, die, right? Or like that he's been drowned and brought back um, by by damp air. And actually, now he his name Theon. He's lost his name. That 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 man is dead. Reek uh, came alive, and then Theon will return once again. It's the same sort of thing, you know, like a name that that dies away. Reek uh, comes in, and then he'll he'll reclaim his name and be reborn again. I mean, it's kind of interesting that that there's a connection to the drowned god and you know the, the idea of living and dying and being brought back again you know so anyways i just i just had this visual mm-hmm. of him being empowered by whether it be the old gods or the drowned god and theon just being like just to see him go that low and to see him actually stand there and be intimidating to your honor it just couldn't happen it's, i think i think you've taken him too far uh, not you know, in the book. No, yeah. not not in the book. Not but like, book. I mean, it is it is actually, and it's it's sort of an and so much because of it is I think season eight just gets you know we just view it for not what we wanted and 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 there was some good stuff there but so much of it was like oh, God yeah um you know I think a really good moment for show Theon right is when he's with Yara on the boat and you're on attacks and then he's he can't save her. Right. Uh, and he's kind of, he kind of jump. He's like trembling because of everything that happens with Reek. And then when he saves her, right. When we, and you see the dagger in the, like, and it's like, so like pirate of the Caribbean, oh, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. but they are like, it works for, and you see the dagger and it's, and it's Theon. And it's like, wow, Theon's, you know, it's like, here we go, man. Yep. Um, and then he does have that conversation with Sansa, which, uh, in the show, this is obviously show Theon, um, and you're thinking, wow, Theon and Sansa, maybe like that'd be like a cool, right. like those two get those two get together, and then of course Sansa is like she's the she's crying. I mean, she uh, she's the one who lights Theon's um, funeral pyre. So I mean, he is a character going forward in the books. I don't, I just don't know that his his arc is going to go back to like what we see in the show with tying into like Euron because it's just like. Mm-hmm. Again, in two books, I don't know how how you're gonna wrap that like that stuff up. 
but <laughs> there's no, no way. There's, there's, there's no, way. no way. There's just no way. But it just seems like like Euron Euron is so much like different in in the books. I mean, he's he's like like show Euron when he first shows up is kind of scary because again we had at that point. Like we had seen Joffrey, mm-hmm. we had seen Ramsey, and now we're like, oh god, here's the next villain. He's going to be even worse. Right. Um. He ended up not being even right. as uh, even as worse. But it's because book, like, I mean, you want to view them as they scale in the books. I mean, book you're on is like, I mean, where we leave him, he's got his like pre- this pregnant woman with his son in it, tied to the front of the boat, and his 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 brother because he's trying to create some enormous blood sacrifice to like raise a kraken i mean that's like that's that the show doesn't even come close to touching no. like no. that's up and it's like i just cannot imagine a a a reek you know now turned to theon i mean and the only thing i could see is him championing bran is if you get like the three-eyed crow versus the crow's eye and it's mm-hmm. some sort of like magical battle and theon just protects bran and then dies that way but yeah but going forward i don't i don't know i really don't know where theon's arc is gonna go but i do think it will end similarly i think he will he will probably die defending defending bran and rickon uh or yeah. doing something for winterfell yeah redemption uh yeah regardless of what it is he's he seems like he's on that path to to being uh redeemed in in some way and you brought up the conversation with sansa and i think of like jane Poole actually in in this and that being kind of a minor character who he was close to there at Winterfell that he could maybe end up talking to and and you know bonding around uh the whole being imprisoned by Ramsay and stuff like that so yeah it'll be yeah it'll it'll be really interesting to kind of um see see where that goes in in five years yeah (laughs) absolutely guys let us know I want to comment on this uh because there's I mean, because uh, we had uh, shared it. I talked to a few people from our, our Facebook group about it, and they were all like, wow, I hadn't really thought about that. And it was something I um, – it's, like it's not like a major theory. If you do some Reddit searches, it'll certainly come up. But um, it wasn't something I kind of picked up on until I was like, hold on a second. Wait, wait, wait. He said he tumbled with the Miller's wife or two. Is this a thing? And I looked it up. There is – it is a smaller theory. But, yeah, yeah, it's out there. So uh, definitely pretty cool. Um, okay, well, uh, as let's move on over to send a raven. Um, so this one is from uh, Stephen. Uh, he sent this to us on our website, which you guys can do, uh, which is btk bend the knee podcast dot com. What is it? Bend the what is our what is our our website? You know, Sir Jimmy sent it up for us. Um, great, great. Great question. Sir Jamie's probably like, wow, guys, you guys have literally let me Podcast.com. Benny Podcast, that's what I thought. But you guys can go over there and you can send us uh, a raven. So um, he says, hello, sirs. I saw a theory, theory on Reddit the other day and I wanted to hear your thoughts. It basically states that Jane Westerling could be the more beautiful queen that will cast Cersei down and i actually had seen this one just scrolling through my reddit it's on the a song of ice and fire reddit so i believe this is probably the one he's referring to this was on reddit uh a few days ago um from looks like trash herald is the user name um and so he says um so this uh, is a reference uh, to the prophecy Maggie the Frog told Cersei, specifically the part of a queen who is younger and more beautiful that will cast Cersei down. Could that be Jane Westerling? Okay, so hear me out. In A Storm of Swords, 
Kevin Lannister informs Tyrion that Jane Westerling's great grandparents are on her mother's side. Uh, on her mother's side were common, specifically her great grandfather was a spice merchant, and her great grandmother was a uh, magi. Now, Kevin says that this magi went on to become some old lady in Lannisport who sold herbs and spices and told people's fortunes. Kevin also mentions that no one could pronounce magi right. Um, now, it's kind of obvious that this magi is Maggie the frog because Maggie and magi who sold spices and herbs and told people's fortunes in Lannisport. Um, it's also understandable that people would mispronounce magi as Maggie. Um, so what could this have to do with Jane taking down Cersei? Well, Maggie the Frog's prophecy clearly haunts Cersei, and Cersei is terribly afraid about the prophecy coming, true as portions of it already have. Uh, Cersei views Marjorie as the prophesied younger queen, but it's probably not Marjorie, to be honest. Of course, it could be Danny, but what if it is Jane, Maggie's granddaughter? Jane would have a reason to dislike the Lannisters, especially if she finds out that her family was working with Tywin even after she married Rob. And she is, or I suppose, was a queen. Um, I don't know how Jane could take down Cersei, uh, but it doesn't seem impossible. Uh, this whole thing could be tinfoil. I just kind of like the irony of Maggie the Frog's offspring, potentially being the younger queen who cast Cersei down. It's almost like how Maggie could still haunt Cersei in a may, in a way more than Cersei's imagination. Um, this was this was posted on Reddit. Um, so yeah, actually that is a that is kind of a connection I had definitely never thought of um, and put down. Jane Westerling is a character. Uh, so in the show, it's like Ty, uh, what is it? It's not Taisha, something like that. Uh, Talisia. Uh, they replace Jane Westerling with this character, Talisia, who was just killed at the Red Wedding. Um, and here, instead, it's it's kind of different. Uh, Rob actually gets her pregnant, um, and then her pregnancy is kind of forced. Uh, so she's no longer pregnant, um, but she is still very much alive. Yeah, that is... Um, that's interesting, you know? That, this, that, that, Ma that she's related to Maggie the Frog. Like even that. Well, I mean, she might. She might be. I she, think. I think he's. I think he's. I think yeah, he is I mean, assuming you, here that she might be. Right. He's assuming, and so is the uh, Song of Ice and Fire wiki. You know, Westeros.org. They're direct. I mean, assumption. Yeah. Like founder of House Spicer, um, who again, yeah. I mean, Jane Westerling, right there at the bottom of the family tree. So wow. Okay. You know, that's something I I didn't know that 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 connection. I, uh, wow. Interesting. Even something as little as that, I find intriguing um, that you would have someone who's making a prophecy about Cersei Lannister, a younger queen. And then you had Rob, who was actually in opposition to that queen uh, with his queen, Jane Westerling. It, it almost fit, uh, but she is still alive, you know, and so maybe it's one of those we kind of dismiss her. Maybe we're meant to dismiss her. And it's a very subtle subtly woven in that she's related uh and she's technically you know queen she's she's queen of the north i mean you know like that is true i'm looking I mean, up yeah you're right they do have her listed that's wild right i mean that, that that when 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 you think about that you go okay um we got a strong is, now I, we're, 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 i'm gonna have to search to see is that like official official or is that just like a very strong connection that most people are are saying is is correct. Yeah, I think that's something they've probably just taken and gone. 
you know, this, this is, it seems close right. enough. Even, saying. yeah, even here, even here, Maggie, the frog was a fortune teller from Lannisport who dealt in cures and love potions. Her true name had been forgotten while Maggie is likely a bastardization of the word magi. Um, yeah. Okay. Wow. All right. Right. I that mean, was, that's, that's, that's wild that they, that they put those two together. That's, the little tiny connections there, but doesn't that if they really are related? Let's say you could say for a hard fact that that they right. are related, and we just knew that outright. Okay, well then, I mean then hell yeah, <laughs> like that that, yeah, that would yeah. be the, that's the queen, right? That's that's the one who who we're not looking at. We're looking at all these other people who could be that younger, more beautiful queen, and lo and behold, and also she's from she's. I mean again, that's someone who Cersei is supposed to be kind of um i mean house lannister is like their liege lord like they would they would you know look up to them and i think cersei's going to go back to casterly rock at some point and we may get some interactions with uh jane at, at some point yeah. and jane westling is a character who the fact that she's actually still alive means that her story isn't over uh i mean Otherwise, you could Gur could have simply just killed her at the red wedding, and he didn't. Right. Uh, so that in itself should tell you that so, there's more to go. And I will say a lot, mo, a lot of fan theories. I mean, almost we just sort of overlook her because we don't think that there's anything left for her to do. But clearly, there is. There is something that is going to happen with her, um, whether it is you know overthrowing Cersei or not. But simply the fact that her story is meant to continue. Um, you know, we look at all the other characters who live on, uh, Lady Stoneheart, um, uh, and I'm blanking on uh, Mance Raider still alive. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and so Gurr still has bigger stories for them to tell. Uh, it just kind of becomes, well, you know, did the show, right? It did, did the, the, what did the showrunners know? What, what can we use that to tell us, uh, if, if anything about how some of these storylines could have continued? Cause obviously her sort of show version of her does die at the red wedding. So does that mean that her story isn't really going to go anywhere in the future? Or maybe it's because Gur hasn't written it yet. Like so many things. I is. know, man. I know. And so yeah, I, maybe I, her know. story will continue. It's it's almost like when you get to a thread like this, you go, you know what? This is a guy who just wants this story to go on forever. And he just keeps <laughs> like it's he is a master, like just web weaver. And there's so many different threads going so many different ways and connections and uh just potential, potential back doors that he can like, well, I went this way, but I left myself a, an out uh, or, a, or a way forward. He always leaves himself different options. So many options that I think he might be caught in his own web. I don't know. People are going to be, be mad at me. But, hey, don't, never forget that Sir Ezra, a uh, big supporter of George R. R. Martin. And I say, let the man write. Let him write his book. Let him get it done. I think he's a master writer. So I'm immediately taking back what I said. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, you know, this is this is sort of the last thing that happens to her, right? In A Feast of Crow, Jane goes into mourning for, um, you know, she's going into mourning, right, over the, everything that happens at the Red Wedding. She's been given potions by her mother to prevent her pregnancy. Um, she also has, you know, there's like, a, she is to remain unmarried for two years. That way, even if she does have a child, it can't be viewed by people as the uh, the heir to Rob. Mm -hmm. um, 
and uh, she, she's given a strong escort of soldiers and secret instructions to kill her if there would be any attempt to escape during travel from the River Run to the Crag. Before she leaves, Jamie notices that Jane had ripped her finely made clothes in an act of mourning for Rob uh, and rebellious and rebellion at her mother, who took the um, the crown took away the crown that Rob gave to Jane, and that's it. And we don't know. We we don't we don't know what happens to her after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's cool. I'm really glad we got that that question sent in because I think um, you know it'll be interesting when we go back and look at look at that theory and look at Cer- Cersei's arc, which I think is going to be completely different than what we saw in the show. I think she ends up in Casterly Rock. I don't think she stays in King's Landing. I think we'll eventually go to the Rock and see it in a way um, that we never saw it in the show. I mean, we saw it, but not the way that I think we're going to see it in the books. So. Yes. And in 2014, uh, George R. Martin did tease that Jane Westling would appear in the prologue of Winds of Winter. So that's the final. On the freaking real. On the freaking We can leave it there. But yeah, wow. so much, so much fun, so much speculation. Talking some good theories today, guys. It's great. Yeah. This was fun. And next week is Big John chapter. Uh, Regret's there. Bail the Bard. Yeah. Maybe a little bit of Dawn talk. Yeah. Uh, is John the Sword of the Morning? I don't know. We will find out next time on Bend the Knee. As where can people find you on the internet? Uh, yeah, friends. Come check me out over on uh, Twitter, Instagram, at Wompret underscore uh, 2M. And then don't forget that the uh, Twitter for this podcast is at BTKCast as well. Check us out there. Yeah, absolutely, guys. And thank you to everyone again who has subscribed on our YouTube channel. We do kind of um, we take the podcast. We do show clips over there. Um, You can actually if you want to see a whole video version of the podcast, you can do that by checking us out on Patreon. Uh, We also have a lot of theories. Gosh, we just did some really uh, pun intended deep dives on patch face over there. Uh, And. (laughs) <laughs> Bregar being able that was a really yeah. really good one yeah. too um so yeah so we do that over there on patreon um as well and, and then that will give you guys access as well to our zoom hangout and you never know what coming from our zoom hangout will turn into a youtube video the mics are hot sometimes we just press record that's true and the next thing you know you get to be in one of our youtube videos so those are a lot of fun too for shout out to all our bannermen there well you can find me on the internet anywhere at super gains bros twitter instagram youtube twitch come hang out sometimes i'm on twitch playing games and come hang out there too so all right guys with that we want to thank you for playing a Game of Thrones. In our next episode, we will be discussing Chapter 51, John of A Clash of Kings. Absolutely. If you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, leave a comment, or send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com. We will see you in a week, and remember that winter is coming.